The show you love with even more local, local news. news and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Thursday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we tackle the subjects of the day that affect you and me directly here in California's Central Valley. Thank you so much for being part of the the mix here on the Mike Douglas Show as we take subjects and we rationally, reasonably, and respectfully talk about them. So much appreciate all of your participation in that. Our phone number here, 209-551-3483. And I want to start with an issue that's been bugging me. Mm-hmm. Mosquitoes. <laughs> that's right. I don't know, about. have you noticed uh, mosquitoes are, are back? They are back. And although uh, where we are, uh, where where I live, not not as bad as it used to be. There was a time, and I live in Stanislaus County. There was a time many years ago when the mosquitoes were so bad they were they literally in clouds, <clears throat> and we would have to uh, pull our car up in the dirt around the back side of the house and make a run for the back door to avoid the clouds of mosquitoes and hope that we could uh, kill the rest of them that, that got in while we were running in. Not, not that bad anymore, uh, but, uh, but they're bad. And, of course, they, they do carry diseases. Well, those of you, and I know we have a significant amount of listeners in San Joaquin County, have the privilege this morning of having a conversation with the uh, San Joaquin County Mosquito and Vector Control District Public Information Officer, Aaron Devincenzi, and uh, Aaron was a wealth of information. And for those of you in San Joaquin County, you might, might want to make note of this. Uh, a very interesting opportunity coming up. Uh, in San Joaquin County, they have about 19 zones for vector control. By the way, vector is uh, any animal that can produce discomfort or injury and uh, that includes mosquitoes and flies, other types of insects, ticks, mites, rats, and domestic animals anyway. So mosquitoes are con- uh, included in what we call vector control. So we're now in mosquito season. Of course, it's warming up. Uh, and I, I'm told Aaron tells me there's no West Nile virus yet reported in San Joaquin County. But if history holds True, and as any indication, it may arise again in the not-too-distant future. Something to watch out for, not only mosquitoes, but also watch for dead birds around your property. They may be carrying the virus as well. Well, San Joaquin County Mosquito and Vector Control District, for those of you in San Joaquin County, they're willing to provide you with 15 mosquito fish per resident. I didn't know this, but apparently mosquito fish can consume between about 100 to 500 mosquito larvae a day. That's, uh, that's amazing. And in addition to providing these mosquito fish, the uh, San Joaquin County Mosquito and Vector Control District, they'll also give you, if you live in the county there, a complimentary uh, insect repellent as well. 
So you say, okay, Mike, how can I take advantage of this? Well, uh, coming up, this all starts June 21st to June 24th, uh, the distribution of uh, free mosquito fish. Again, uh, I believe it's about 15 fish per uh, resident. Begins uh, on June 21 for the city of Ripon and the city of Escalon. June 22, it'll be Stockton. June 23rd, Manteca and Lathrop. And June 24 in Tracy and Lodi. My recommendation to you is to go to their website. It's SJ, that stands for San Joaquin, sjmosquito.org. And I know all of you Mike Douglas Show listeners are brilliant, and so you don't need to know how to spell mosquito. sjmosquito.org. And if you'd like to even have an easier time of it, if you just want to email me, I will send you the attachments that tell you when those uh, free mosquito fish giveaways are with the uh, complimentary bug repellent as well. Uh, just email me, mikeon1360 at gmail.com, mikeon1360 at gmail.com. I'll be happy to send you those attachments. Or again, if you want to go to sjmosquito.org, sjmosquito.org, you can find out where the locations are uh, to uh, to get your mosquito fish and that complimentary uh, mosquito repellent as well. Again, uh, June 21st, Ripon and Escalon, the 22nd in Stockton, June 23rd, Manteca and Lathrop, and June 24th in Tracy and Lodi. By the way, a lot of good uh, information on that website as well. One of the things that, that we watch for very carefully is to make sure that we avoid any standing water. So uh, when we uh, when we water... Uh, we want to make sure that uh, there are not puddles of water that are left that uh, can create that problem for mosquito larvae. And uh, that's a good thing to watch for around your property as well. Again, uh, for those of you in San Joaquin County, great resource for you coming up from the San Joaquin County Mosquito and Vector Control District. By the way, coming up tomorrow... On Friday, here's a program note for tomorrow. You remember Friday, we kind of kick things back a little bit. Tomorrow, in honor of Father's Day, which will be on Sunday, we're going to have Honor Your Day, Honor Your Dad Day, on the Mike Douglas Show tomorrow from 3 to 5 p.m. You'll be invited to call in to Honor Your Dad. And here's how this is going to go down tomorrow. We'd like to know, what have you learned from your dad? And or what words and phrases would you use to describe your dad? That's coming up tomorrow. Honor your dad day on the Mike Douglas show. 209-551-3483. Again, that's that's coming up tomorrow on Friday on uh, the Mike Douglas show. We want to honor your dad. You're welcome to call in like to know what have you learned from your dad and what words and phrases would you, would you use to describe your dad. So uh, we'll open that up tomorrow, a day to honor your dad. By the way, you can also honor your dad this way. Power Talk 1360 KFIV, we want to make sure your dad looks good and he looks sharp. 
He wants him to feel good, look sharp, and uh, even you want to make sure that his sled looks good, too. You can register your dad for uh, to win some of these things for the 1360 KFIV Father's Day giveaway on PowerTalk1360.com. Here's the prize pack. Here are the details. You can get transmission service for your dad. It's a value of $250 from Interstate Transmission Center. And they're online, by the way, at internet, internet rather, interstatetransmissioncenter.com, interstatetransmissioncenter.com. You can get an exterior car detail with a 3M ceramic coat. Make his car look really good at Davis Family Shines. That's where you get 20% off all Father's Day gift certificates. Again, that's davisfamilyshines.com. And then... Not only will uh, his transmission work well, will, the, will his car look great, but you can get Dad a pair of new Gucci sunglasses. He'll look cool, too. Those sunglasses from Prestigio Jewelers, where your credit is guaranteed, from PrestigioJewelers.com. So treat your dad right with Power Talk 1360 KFIV's Father's Day giveaway. Win him a tune-up, a clean car, and a new pair of shades. You can enter your dad now to win at uh, powertalk1360.com. Scroll down a ways to where it says best dad ever. Click on that and you can register your dad to win. Again, uh, the website there is powertalk1360.com. Well, we talked about uh, some expertise from the San Joaquin uh, Valley, San Joaquin County Vector uh, Control District. I'm all for going to experts when it comes to various subjects. And when it comes to selling homes, I look for another expert as well. His name is Dan Phipps. Right now, you know, home prices are keep, keep rising, inventories low, interest rate hikes, uh, they mean price fluctuations. So selling your home now with an aggressive, experienced agent, that's the right move to maximize your equity. Do you have a growing family? Are you working from home? Need more space? Well, call the agent I trust and recommend. Call Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or Dan will sell it for free. His home selling program, it's designed to maximize your sales price. Love the terms. You're in complete control. No costly repairs required. No long-term contracts, and you pick your move date. Dan can even find you a new home before you move. Melody in Oakdale knows all about it. She needed to sell quickly, but her home needed a bunch of repairs and upgrades to get a decent price. But Melody didn't have the time nor the money, so she called Dan Phipps, who said, no problem, we can do this, and he did. Dan got multiple offers and sold it for much higher than she could have imagined. So call Dan Phipps. Dan's the man I recommend. I'd hire him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours, or it's sold free. So call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S.com. And the Mike Douglas Show will continue in just a few moments. We're going to go from mosquitoes to pythons. Got to tell you about this one. Mosquitoes to pythons. That story coming up in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. 
Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Thursday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, I want to talk about gas prices uh, in a moment and uh, the pain that we're still feeling, what may lie ahead. Before I do that, they were talking about mosquitoes a couple minutes ago. Uh, well, Florida, if you happen to be going to visit anybody in Florida in the near future, Florida's kicking off the 2022 Python Challenge. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis says the challenge is a way to help the restoration of the Everglades by removing the invasive Burmese pythons from the wild. Last year in the challenge, they removed 223 pythons, and that was more than double from the year before. It's a 10-day challenge, if you're interested, opens August 5th, and uh, both novice and professional hunters can register and complete online training, apparently starting today. Do, do people really do that? Yes, they do. Uh, Lori and I were uh, in Florida, that was a few years ago now, and we took a a tour of the Everglades in one of those airboats. And the guy that was our guide, you know, swinging us around in the, in the Everglades there, he, he took advantage of that, and uh, he bagged several pythons. I, uh, w- would you hunt pythons? And I can't remember, I think maybe, I think there was a fee to pay maybe, but... Uh, I believe they might have gotten a fee per python. Don't hold me to that, but this is a couple of years ago. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking if there's a python there, I you you be where you are, I be where I am, and ne'er the twain shall meet. Uh, I have a friend of mine, uh, fellow uh, chaplain, who was a law enforcement chaplain at the same time I was many years ago. And uh, he had, a, I won't tell you where his place is, but it's uh, uh, way east of, of Modesto. Anyway, his house is kind of on a hilltop. And uh, we had these very heavy rains that year. And he had uh, a depression there that created uh, a little lake. And uh, he, he went out there one day and, and he saw the lake moving a little bit. And there was a python in there, apparently, it was somebody's pet that had escaped uh, from... A, what would you do if you found a python? And I've got friends who love snakes. And, uh, in fact, a f- friend of mine used to raise snakes. I, I There's one snake on our property that shows up about once a year. We call him the... Or call it the mailbox snake. He hasn't showed up this year, thank goodness. Uh, but I don't know about a python. Those... those Dudes are pretty big. Anyway, I don't know that I'd want to tangle with a python, but apparently people in Florida, that's that's something uh, that they do. So a uh, pretty, uh, pretty dangerous challenge there. Another uh, irritating challenge are gas prices. Apparently, at least uh, down in L.A. County, uh, gas prices are dropping for the third time in four days. Uh, California Republicans, though, are, are saying, look, how about if we finally act to reduce gas prices in California? Uh, if you may have heard, Assembly Republican leader James Gallagher 
saying, look, we should have addressed this a couple months ago. Well, let's, uh, let's try him again. Maybe the mosquitoes were chasing him and he was down the hallway. Here he is. He's a little bit closer now. You know, 100 days is completely unacceptable. Uh, we need relief now. Uh, Republicans are prepared to do it, and we're, and we're just calling on the governor and, and the Democrats to, to do the right thing. Yeah, so the, remember the, the idea was that we would suspend, at least for a time, the 51-cent sales tax on gasoline. Well, they've refused, the, the majority have, uh, the, the supermajority has refused to act on that. Even Governor Newsom had a proposal to do that, but the California legislature said, no, don't want to do that. And uh, that's uh, been, been very irritating. So unless something happens, uh, it's going to go up about, uh, what, 2.8 cents, uh, almost 3 cents a, a gallon uh, beginning in uh, in July. So uh, Friday, by the way, uh, will mark 100 days of inaction by the majority party in Sacramento as Californians were struggling with gas prices that are sky high and soaring inflation. And yet Governor Newsom and his fellow Democrats in the California legislature just can't come to agreement on how they want to deal with this. Uh, and it, it brings to my. Do you think they really care about us? Do you think they really care about us, or is it about power and control? That's more than a rhetorical question. What do you think? 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. So you may be thinking, let's say that, oh, back in March, the California legislature uh, said, yeah. We're going to suspend the gas tax for a while. Or well, what, what do you think would have happened? Well, here's what Jim Gallagher says about it. If this would have been done um, in March when we, you know, had pushed for a vote, we've calculated the average consumer would have saved $2,400 already. All right. So according to uh, Jim Gallagher's uh, calculations, if uh, if they had frozen things, if they had taken action, even back in March, when we started talking about this, did he say twenty four hundred dollars? Isn't that amazing? So, I, I just I, I'm 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 very. It, it's all. It's not like I feel that there's no hope in Sacramento. I think there is hope as long as we keep standing up and pushing back. Uh, and 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 holding their feet to the fire. We need to keep the pressure on. That's uh, a- absolutely important. We need to let our representatives know that uh, their inaction is causing us pain. I, I I it really is either about power or and or control, or they don't care about us as, at all. What do you think? Two zero nine. Five five one three four eight three. Our number two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Had to spend a. Are you ratcheting back on your trips right now locally? Now I I live in Stanislaus County. I live about half hour forty maybe forty minutes away from my doctor. Now my dentist. I had I had to visit my dentist and my doctor both. Uh, this week, got good reports from both, by the way. But my doctor is is uh, 
down in Turlock. Great guy. But the thing about him, though, is that he became, my doctor had retired uh, over a year ago. And so this new doctor that I have, I've never seen his face because of the whole pandemic issue and, you know, medical facilities still, you have to wear a mask. I've never seen his face. I don't really know what he looks like. I mean, I know what he looks like, but with a mask on. But anyway, <clears throat> I was thinking today, I, I had to expend a lot of uh, fuel to go down and do my doctor's appointment. I was starting to calculate it in my head, and it gave me a headache. Uh, it's just, I mean, I, I would think if we're going to, especially to a real retail store that's uh, a, a bit away, away from where we are, I think a lot of us are going to say, mm, maybe, I, maybe I'm not going to make that trip. So you see, not only is it hurting us personally, by the domino effect, it is also hurting businesses as well. And I, I really, I'm coming to the conclusion that Sacramento, the majority in Sacramento apparently don't care because they're not acting on it. All right, coming up, speaking of Governor Newsom, he is now part of Truth Social. Tell you about it in five minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to The Mike Douglas Show. The voice of the valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to The Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your personal concierge for conversation as we take a look at the issues of the day and have the opportunity to respectfully, rationally, and reasonably talk about them so that we can learn from each other, learn about why we believe and why we believe what we believe, and also occasionally say, wow, you brought up a point that I need to consider. I brought that up to a friend of mine uh, the other day who's having a, a bit of a, uh, a row with uh, another person. And uh, I, I, I stress, and I know you've heard this many times from me, but I, I stress the importance of listening, even to people who disagree with you and disagree with me. I, I'm curious, why do they disagree What's their point? Do they have anything to back it up? And that's why I, uh, I scan many different types of periodicals and news sources as I prepare for our time together from 3 to 5 p.m. here Monday through Friday. It's very important. And one of the things I, I just uh, ran across, this is interesting, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom here in California, apparently he has done a debut on Donald Trump's Truth Social Network. Are you on that yet? Have have or do you plan to be? I'd be interested uh, to know if if anyone is on Truth Social yet. Uh, what your experience is? I I just it, for me I just can't uh, add another social media thing that I I need to check at the moment. It's like I'm it's I'm inundated and uh, I'll 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 check what other people are saying, but I just don't have time to get on it right now and maybe you think I should uh, but I just don't have the time at the moment but anyway apparently Governor Gavin Newsom has the time he has uh, in fact he sent out a what do you call it it's not a tweet on truth social what what do you call it do you call it a Trump uh, probably not what uh, what do you call it 
anyway, he sent out a message. Let me put it that way. And it was a video message on uh, Truth Social. Uh, The text says, I just joined Trump's Truth Social. Going to be on there calling out Republican lies. This could get dot, dot, dot interesting, says the governor. And he says, my first post, breaking down America's red state murder problem. There's an introduction. All right, so here is Governor Gavin Newsom's maiden voyage on Trump's Truth Social. Here we go. Hey, everybody. It's Governor Gavin Newsom. And I know we're all on this platform in search for the truth. But the truth is, I've not been able to find a simple explanation for the fact that we have a red state murder problem. Eight of the top 10 states with the highest murder rates happen to be red states. So the question is simple. What are the laws and policies in those states that are leading to such carnage? (laughs) Uh, Okay, Uh, Governor, that's fine. Uh, First of all, the burden of proof, and and this is a, a typical cancel culture tactic, and and it, it, isn't he one of those folks that's supposed to be unifying people? Well, he's thrown the gauntlet down in fo- in front of Republicans uh, right away, right out of the gate. And but Betty, one one of the hallmarks of the cancel culture is that they throw out facts without citing sources or detailing them. Now. In general, is he right? Probably so. I've looked up the, oh, back in 2018, uh, the top 10 states that, according to one source's statistics, say they have the highest homicide rates. And indeed, uh, uh, well, I counted seven of them uh, were uh, what we would now call uh, red states. But what is what is a red state? See, these are things we need to think about. We need to break this down. We need to to parse it a little bit. Uh, Does that take into account democratically run cities within red states that skew these statistics? See, we don't know. And and that's the problem with these broad brush spins on on facts, so to speak, uh, is, is that we don't get specific. And he says, what are the laws and policies in those states that are leading to such carnage? And, of course, uh, carnage, that's, uh, that's inflammatory. And, and, of course, he's appealing to emotions here. So right away for me, I tuned it out. I tuned it out. Uh, because, to me, he's not entering into a legitimate conversation. He's uh, throwing a gauntlet down and, and trying to... Uh, trying to create accusations and uh, beat down the opposition. The other part of this that I see, and I'd be interested to get your reaction to what uh, Governor Newsom just said, our phone number here, 209-551-3483. Do you think he's sincere here, or is he uh, just trying to throw down the gauntlet during uh, midterms? 209-551-3483. Uh, let's, uh, let, let's consider one of the issues here. And that is in a lot of the, the spin that we're hearing, what is, what are one of the objectives? One of the objectives are 
to take our focus off where local problems are. Uh, Notice Governor Newsom in his debut on Trump Social said nothing about businesses leaving California because they're so draconing. uh, They they have these uh, draconic, draconian regulations. You say, how do you know that, Mike? Well, even as a nonprofit head, we feel it. We feel it. Even with the minimum wage going up. In a non, let me let me just give you some insights here on how difficult it is even for a nonprofit. And those of you who are trying to run businesses, ranches and farms, uh, small businesses, you're feeling this way, way more than I am. And especially those of you who are subject to uh, California state regulations when it comes to, for example, insecticides that that you may be using uh, when it comes to the regulation on livestock, when it comes to regulation on businesses. We are one of the, the most highly regulated states in the nation, and that's why you see people like Elon Musk moving elsewhere to Texas and and other places, uh, other people moving other places as well. It is tough to stay in business in California, don't you think? And as a nonprofit head for for 20 years now, little things that that people never talk about, like the uh, minimum wage going up in California. Well, you need to provide people with a living wage, Mike. Really? Is that right? So I have uh, some part-time uh, or a part-time employee. We have two full-timers, one part-timer. And by the way, you say, well, you're making a lot of money as CEO. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what I make. You can look it up if you want, but you would be surprised that it amounts to about a stipend. Anyway, and I, I, I don't regret that. It's part of my sacrifice because I believe I'm called to this ministry with advancing vibrant communities, and my wife and I make the sacrifices we need to make uh, to make this thing go and be vibrant over 20 years. We're so, by the way, we're celebrating Advancing Vibrant Communities, our 20th anniversary coming up on the 25th of June. And so right before then, on the Friday before that, we'll have a time where we celebrate that anniversary. But anyway, getting back to the point, uh, a little thing like the minimum wage going up. I can't make or try to make more widgets to make up for that hike in minimum wage. We, We... we survive by your kindness. When I say your, I mean, I mean the public who says, yes, we appreciate the ministry that you do. We appreciate what you do as a public charity. We appreciate the results that you get, and, and we will help fund you. Well, I, I can't just go out and create more donors to make up that extra money that I have to pay out not only in salaries, but in terms of payroll taxes as well, to, to get up to the hiking up the, the minimum wage. And, and I'm, I think that there may be some nonprofits that, that may disappear because they just can't handle it. And then you have the insurances. What a headache. People tend to think, well, it's a nonprofit ministry. So, you know, you guys just go out there, you do what you do, and it it happens. You still have administrative costs because that's, I have to pay workers' comp insurance. 
I have to have it. That's not an option. I have to pay minimum wage. That's not an option. You see, so even for nonprofits, uh, it, it, it look, I mean, we're headed towards the Death Star, I think, uh, in, terms of, um, in terms of what's happening with uh, state overregulation. And uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, when Governor Newsom makes uh, claims like this, I think he's just ignoring what reality is for the rest of us. Well, Governor, as you're accusing other states that you call red states about the carnage, what about what's happening down in Los Angeles? What about what's happening in Venice? What about what's happening in San Francisco? Any of those make it? Why aren't you dealing with that? Why aren't you dealing with the businesses that are leaving California? Why aren't you dealing with the gas tax? You see, I, I, I don't believe he really cares. I really don't. At this point, I have to say that. I, he's been in office long enough. We've seen his, his policies regarding COVID-19. We've seen the detrimental effects those uh, emergency orders have had. I, I have to think he just doesn't care. I think he cares about his office. He cares about power. He cares about control. I'm not seeing that he cares about me as a nonprofit leader. I don't see that he cares about me as a, a gas customer. I don't see that he cares a lot about what I care about. What about you? 209-551-3483. We'll continue the conversation in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's more with the voice of the valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and streamed on the iHeartRadio app. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. We're talking about this following debut of Governor Gavin Newsom on Trump's Truth Social. Hey, everybody, it's Governor Gavin Newsom. And I know we're all on this platform in search for the truth. But the truth is, I've not been able to find a simple explanation for the fact that we have a red state murder problem. Eight of the top 10 states with the highest murder rates happen to be red states. So the question is simple. What are the laws and policies in those states that are leading to such carnage? Well, let's find out what you think about that. 209-551-3483. Let's go to Mike in LaGrange. Um, Mike, what's your reaction to the good governor today? Oh, boy, I got a bunch to talk about really quick here. So um, I just got contacted with the EPA because I run a small um, business in this town and uh, um, four employees. Um, They want to come check out my shop. Uh, They have been just utterly incompetent in this county on keeping up on records, which we have filed up to date everything, and they've lost it all. So he called me and said, we don't have your EPA number, all these things, which they do. It just they don't know where it's at because we were able to access it and find it. And I was telling the guy when I was talking to him, I said, you know, this is the problem with people, why people are leaving the state. I said, it's bureaucrats like yourself that, uh, that cause these problems and make people not want to be in business anymore. And he goes, well, yeah, whatever you, thanks buddy. You know, like a real sarcastic buddy. So I was really perplexed and my wife, thank God knows where all the bones are buried. So I called her up, and she pulled up all the numbers and everything, and I emailed the guy back, and I want to read the email to you guys so he knows um, Mr. Yaman Nuzari, uh, who is a guy from the Environmental Resources. 
I emailed and I start out, hey, buddy, we are trying to access our email, and they, whoever they are, keep sending an email to a person that's not worked here in four years. We need to be able to access our account. Um, I have done everything by the book. It's the county that has not done its due diligence as we performed on our end as required. I spoke to Robert Costlevy last year. That's the head of the EPA, and I want to tell you, in the county, this guy really came through for me last year when I had a problem with them. He actually came out and visited me, and I couldn't believe that. Um, and so he really seems to be caring about what's going on. Last year when he came out, came to my shop. Uh, you have a correct email. You guys could figure this out. This is why people are upset at bureaucrats and that the way they impede business and cost jobs. Regard, I gave my name, and I put a.k.a. Buddy. So, <laughs> hey, uh, Yama. Hey, buddy, I emailed you back, partner, with all the numbers you need. Um, I just want that to go out there. And then secondly, I'm going to go up north because I have a ranch up north, and I calculated it's going to cost me $700 in fuel mm. to go up and, and find cows. Mm. $700 to go round trip uh, 700 miles. Isn't that crazy? And uh, if so, I recall correctly, Mike, you can't really pass that on, right? Because don't uh, don't other organizations no. set prices for you? Yeah, they set the price because there's only four processors in the whole United States. So they set your price. You just got to keep going. And, and Gavin Newsom, you're a butthead beyond belief. Um, they know they could cut the fuel prices. They have no intention on cutting the fuel prices. Absolutely none. And I was... Uh, I'm not a big fan of the gentleman who ran for Congress and won, uh, who was running against the, I forget that other guy's name, but he was endorsed by um, uh, the gal that uh, used to be our, our state assembly person. Um, Kristen Olson. Uh, Kristen Olson. Kristen Olson. Um, now, who's now a, a, a lobbyist um, and who was also arrested for DUI and, and passing laws and judgment and all of us. None of them have ever paid a fuel bill in their freaking life since they've been adults. So you guys can, I'm so glad any, anything that the Democrats would like the democratic party and Kristen Olson endorse, if they say the Democrats and Republicans like them, that just means that the Democrats like them and he's going to fold uh, like, like a cheap umbrella for anybody that's a Democrat. So I'm, I, I didn't like both choices, but we got the lesser of two evils. We still have a career politician regardless I don't care if it was voting record or anything. He's certainly no Abraham Lincoln. And when he compared himself to that, when I called and I was talking and you guys wouldn't let me finish questioning him, that perplexed me a little bit because he needed to be called on the carpet to, to claim himself as Abraham Lincoln and all these things. He's not a legislator like that. He's not done anything very good legislatively, but he's the lesser of two evils. And you have to plug your nose sometimes and vote. And he needed to be called on the carpet a little bit more. Uh, and I, I was perplexed that you guys wouldn't give me the opportunity when he started comparing himself to all of our founding fathers and uh, and leaders in this country. He is certain not certainly not one of those. Uh, however, he is lesser of the two evils. I wanted that to go out there too, and also uh, to our state uh, our, to the environmentalist guy that wants all three years of my records, safety meetings, all this garbage. How much do you think that costs and what kind of time do you think it takes a guy like me to, to get all this crap together for this um, bureaucrat who wants to come in and uh, do, a, do a cavity search on my business? 
You know, I mean, there's four people here. Really? We're going to have to go through all this and spend, spend a day with him. Um, not to mention the fee that they, they charge me every year just for the pleasure of them coming through here and doing a, doing a cavity search on me. Well, and it's Mike, absolutely this, absurd. this is one of the, yeah. uh, the other issues uh, involved with the state, and that is that typically, and, and this applies to a lot of different industries, even, even those in the entertainment industry, you have to have state inspectors come out for a lot of this. And for a lot of these industries, Mike, you have to pay for the privilege of having that inspector come out. That's not on the state's dime. Uh, the the business oh, owner, right, winds up paying for it, I, I, and and it's I'm frustrating. I had to already pay. Yeah, and and all they do is just take time. And, and I want to tell you, none of these guys have ever had to sign the front of a paycheck in their. Uh, I'm trying not to cuss in their whole life. None of these guys have, so they have not a clue on what it takes to run a business or how to generate revenue and how to disperse it. They don't have a clue on how to do this. They don't have the slightest idea, but they, they, they'll give you their advice. Uh, they'll give you a bunch of advice. It's, it's pathetic what's going on with the state, and you wonder why businesses are running out of here. Um, you know, the, the, now they're not going to make sausages in the state anymore because Farmer John says, you know, that's tragic. This place, this place. Yeah. Down, so, down in, down in and Vernon. You know how many jobs are killing? It's crazy. And not only that, it's affecting the West Coast. You don't realize it. It's affecting hog producers in Utah. Ab, ab, <laughs> it, absolutely. It, it carries that far. Mike, I, uh, so, I got to yeah, run. Thanks for the chance to rant. <laughs> hey, that, right. absolutely. I, th- I think I we need to hear it. your frustration as a business owner. Mike from LaGrange. All right, we'll be back in five minutes. We'll continue the conversation here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Again, back in five minutes. The show you love with even more local news and more local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Thursday afternoon in California's Central Valley on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A few minutes ago, we were talking with uh, Mike from LaGrange about his angst over over regulation in many, many ways. And we were talking about just a, a lot of the draconian uh, rules and regulations and the fact that in, in many industries, when a state inspector comes out, you, you have to pay for their time. It's not your tax dollars that are going to that. And I, I know someone else in the entertainment industry that says the same thing. When a state inspector comes out, they have to pay. You have to pay for the privilege of having that state inspector come out. Unbelievable. I, it's just, uh, it, it's over regulation and I, I am all for accountability. Aren't you? I am all for accountability. Really? I, 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 I believe in that. But I think we can become so overregulated that we choke out the opportunity to thrive, uh, both on the nonprofit area and in in business as well. And I think, and uh, I, I wanted you to hear from Mike from Lagrange and his passion, his angst 
uh, his frustration that he's experiencing, trying to do the right thing. He had all the records, uh, but one of the things that he mentioned, and I think this is very important, and I even see it on the nonprofit side, when we're asked to uh, amass all of this information, by the way, are you a business owner or are you a manager and you have to, re- you have to prepare reports, fill out forms for government? Does that frustrate you? 209-551-3483, our number, frustrates me. And one of the things that I, I don't think the general public uh, that are, are not engaged in managing or uh, running their own businesses is that there's money involved in having to do all of these, uh, fill out all of these forms and look up all the the facts and figures and submit uh, all the paperwork that's being asked for. This is not at no cost. This takes time. Time is money. And whether it's in the the for-profit or non-profit world, there's usually a paid person that is being paid to do the work of a governmental agency that that wants information. And what... (laughs) Oh, no, I'm going to go ahead and say What frosts me so much, especially with government in general, is it's very inefficient and internal communications are very poor. Now, having said that, I do want to balance that by saying I have spoken recently uh, to, uh, to a representative from the IRS. I got really good service. They were polite, and they were very good and very efficient in, in solving the issue I had called to solve. Same thing, believe it or not, with Social Security, local Social Security office. Um, my wife and I had a conference call. And we had a lot of questions about a certain issue. And the lady was very kind, took the time to explain very efficiently, very effectively. So I want to balance this by saying that there are a lot of good folks in government that are into customer service and do their best to provide the best service possible. However, on the other side, we also have to realize that Government overregulation, the draconian regulations, are just pummeling us. They're, they're, it, it's detrimental. It's why businesses are leading, leaving California. And uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking of so many times when I have to fill out a form that has the exact same information I've already given to agencies related to the other agency I'm giving it to. How come they don't share their information? Where's the efficiency there? They're asking efficiency from us. How about some efficiency in government? How about government working on its internal communication? It's often poor. Now, remember, I say that, and I worked in government for 25 years of my mostly working life, and government does some things very well. There are excellent people in government, but there are also some faults in government, and one of them is the fact that government, in general, doesn't have a profit motive. When you don't have a profit motive, you waste money without thinking much about it. 
And especially as in California, when there is a supermajority of one party, you have the opportunity for favoritism and corruption that you don't when there is more accountability. And you actually have a two-party system. We don't have that here. It's a, it's a supermajority. And then you have the frustration with some Republicans who you wish would grow a spine and stand up for what's right. And, and there are some who do, and I applaud them. But there are some nationally and in California as well who are weak. Stand up. That's what we're having to do. That, that's why we do what we do here. That's why we have the conversations that sometimes bump up against each other. That's good. That's all part of accountability. That's part of the rational, reasonable discussions that need to take place and the realistic discussions. So think about uh, both the federal and the state policies against the fuel industry. I've mentioned many times there are over 6,000 products that are made from oil and gas. Well, we have to have clean energy. So let's scrap everything that has to do with with uh, gas and oil and, and the fossil fuel industry. Let me, let me just to pick a, a couple of things off that 6,000 product list. Uh, let's see what's made by gas and oil products. Antihistamines, antiseptics, artificial limbs. Asphalt, aspirin, backpacks, or ballpoint pens, or those with a sweet tooth, candies and gum, coffee makers, computer keyboards, computer monitors, crayons. Boy, I haven't picked up a crayon for like forever. Dashboards. And for some, this is important to you, denture adhesives are made from gas and oil products. Electric bl- electrical tape, enamel, eyeglasses, plastic toys, propane, purses, refrigerator linings, roofing, rubbing alcohol. Do I need to go on? And yet the state is absolutely death on the fossil fuel industry. And here's the, let me share this with you and get your reaction to this. This is devastating, I think. The CEO of Chevron is named Mike Worth, and he said in a recent interview that he does not believe another oil refinery will ever be built again in the United States. Why? He says because of government policies as a key reason being why, especially as gas prices continue to rise. Here's Mike Worth, CEO of Chevron. Quote, there hasn't been a refinery built in this country since the 1970s. I personally don't believe there will be a new petroleum refinery ever built in this country again. This is the CEO of Chevron. He went on to say capacity is added by de-bottlenecking existing units by investing in existing refineries. But what we've seen over the last two years are shutdowns. We've seen refineries closed. We've seen units come down. 
We've seen refineries being repurposed to become biorefineries. And we live in a world where the policy, the stated policy of the U.S. government, is to reduce demand for the products that refiners produce. And he went on to say further that uh, with the the federal government's current policy to reduce the demand for oil, it's going to make it very hard for companies like Chevron, where investments have a payout period of a decade or more. And I'll end with this rhetorical statement he made. How do you go, and he's talking about himself, how do you go to your board, how do you go to your shareholders and say, we're going to spend billions of dollars on new capacity in a market that is, the policy is taking you the other direction. It's devastating. It's devastating. And yet, the state of California is bound and determined to have no more fossil fuel industry. So is the Biden administration. It makes absolutely no sense. But Mike, what about clean energy? Great, let's work towards it. But you don't erase the fossil fuel industry, until you reach a point where there's parity between the two. That is common sense. Where has the common sense gone? Our number, 209-551-3483. Are you worried about this? Are you, are you worried about the fact that the CEO of Chevron doesn't think there will ever be another refinery built in the United States of America. Does that worry you at all? Does it bother you? 209-551-3483. We'll explore that a bit more in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, struggling with a lot of the issues that are, no pun intended, tanking us today, especially as it applies to the fossil fuel industry. It just boggles my mind that that we're willing to do this. And and we think back to, uh, go back to 2021 for a while. Uh, last year, remember, the Biden administration uh, signed several executive orders. These executive orders are getting out of hand. Uh, but anyway, he signed executive orders. Remember, he did away with the Keystone XL pipeline. Uh, it issued executive orders limiting... Uh, new oil drilling on federal lands. Remember that? He uh, eliminated fossil fuel subsidies uh, for from several federal agencies, uh, ending, as we noted, the, the construction of the uh, Keystone XL pipeline. And then, then the supply crunch got worse by sanctions imposed on Russia, who's a major exporter after its invasion of Ukraine. And so in response, what does uh, President Biden do? He, he's released, what, more than 180 million barrels, I think, of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve over about, what, six months? And so now we're, we're tapping out our reserves. So I, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and you wonder 
Why aren't more of our leaders standing up and saying, no, no, this is, this is wrong. Why, why, why don't we see more of uh, the, the Jim Jordans and the Ron DeSantis's and the Rand Paul's and the Senator Kennedy from Louisiana? You know who else I'm impressed by of late? And this is, uh, she's out of uh, Florida. Myra Flores, running for Congress. She was raised, born and raised in, in Mexico. And, and she says on her website, she was raised with strong conservative values and always put God and family first. She came legally to the United States at six years old with the help of her father and values her citizenship. And when I hear... And I don't know if you've heard her or not. I don't have a clip at the moment to play for you, but I've, I've seen her interviewed. I'm listening to her, and I'm thinking, you know, maybe the future of this country is going to be determined by and held up by Latina women who have their heads on right. And I say amen to that. Good for you. I'm growing weary of the establishment Republicans that are more concerned about the next election than they are about doing the right thing. Are they right all the time? No. But at least take a passionate stand. And I'm not, I don't, maybe you're seeing that. I'm not. But I'm, I'm looking at, at women like Myra Flores. And I'm saying, good, good for you. Good for I, you have my support. Not that my support counts any for a Congress uh, woman running in or a, a future Congress woman running in Florida. But I'm loving to see that. I'm, I love to see that. Wouldn't you? Don't you love to see that? I, go for it. All right. You can go for it, too. Here in our conversation at 209-551-3483. And uh, Dennis from LaGrange, go for it, my friend. Well, Mike, you know me. I'll beat around the bush. I think the people in the United States and California in particular get exactly the government they've chosen. They deserve it, and they're going to suffer the consequences of it. And I'm going to love listening to them cry the whole damn time. That's my uh, thing. I that government governs best at governly. Some strange white European white guy said that long time ago. I think his name was uh, Oh wait, he was a slaveholder. Hell, we can't listen to what he said. Anyway, <laughs> Dennis, you, the 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 print the driving principle here is for some reason we've forgotten or we're ignoring that choices have consequences. And we're, we're suffering the consequences of our choices right now. You're, I'm, you're exactly right. The, the, the question is, will we survive it? They're too dumb to understand the consequences, which used to be, when I was a kid, people understood the consequences. Of course, there also wasn't an evil, traitorous, party and i know the republicans don't make me any happier but you know who i'm talking about and it's my opinion that if donald trump is not elected 
2024, this country is absolutely done if it isn't done already. And that's because nobody else had the strength of character, the uh, know-how to carry on and do what he did. And nobody else, I don't care, Ron DeSantis, I've seen too many Republicans get in, and what do they do? Nothing. They're, they're worthless. They're worse than worthless. They let Democrats do whatever they want. So anyway, like I said, glad to see them suffer the consequences. They're too stupid to figure it out. That's what they should, that, that's what they should live with. We're, you're, we are living with it, Dennis. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, thanks for the call and, and for the reminder. Dennis reminding us choices have consequences. Again, I, I am so impressed with Myra Flores out of Texas. I wish I was in Texas and that I could vote for her. I, 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 we need more women like her. If, if, not if. It is obvious that many of these women have a lot more gumption than some of us men do in politics. And I say, go for it. I, I, again, I wish that I lived in Texas and I could personally catch, cast my vote for uh, Myra Flores. Uh, just very, very impressive. In fact, we'll, we'll be watching her over time and, and uh, see, what, uh, see what November 2022 brings. Uh, Dennis just reminding us, choices have consequences. How we vote, how we vote has detrimental consequences if we don't do our research. And that's what we try to do here is give you as much information as we can so that you can make intelligent decisions. As uh, we know you did in the June 7 primaries and as we have the opportunity to do come November 8, 2022. But we have to vote intelligently, not not just voting because there's an R or a D, but vote intelligently. And we'll do our best to provide you with that information. We'll do our best, and we'll come back with it in five minutes. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion. A minister with manners. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you so much, by the way, for carving out time for our conversations, 3 to 5 p.m. here, Monday through Friday. Really appreciate that and so much enjoy our conversations together as, as we work through a lot of these issues of the day that are, that are pummeling us, uh, especially these days. I saw an interesting uh, poll uh, this past week uh, from Gallup, and uh, one, of the, uh, one of the main conclusions of that poll, one of the main findings, was that 78% of the people they polled think moral values in the U.S. are getting worse. Isn't that interesting? 50% said the state of moral values is poor. 37% rated it only fair. uh, And then you may be surprised as the top problem that people cited as uh, 
as one of the biggest problems with moral values. I'll tell you about that in a couple of minutes. Talking about moral values, the underpinnings of our culture, let's go back to the phones, 209-551-3483. Billy from Modesto, welcome to the show. Billy, what's on your mind today? Uh, Mike, thanks for having me on. You mentioned right before the uh, news at the bottom of the hour that you like your show to be about information and getting information out to people let me say thank you for what you did during the primary election season. You got a lot of information out there. You had the uh, candidates on your radio show. I mean, I, I benefited from that a lot. I'm also glad your, your show got expanded from 4 o'clock all the way to 5 o'clock. It gives me some time. <laughs> what I'd like to say, uh, Mike, I've heard you say it. I've heard many people say it for many years, and I'm not throwing your words in your face. But everybody believes that the Supreme Court in the early 1960s took Bible reading and prayer out of the public schools, and that never happened. All of Western civilization is founded upon the Judeo-Christian heritage. It used to be, back in the olden days, that a teacher would sometimes begin class, begin school, with a little Bible reading, maybe Psalm 23, and then lead the class in a little prayer, Almighty God, we, we, uh, we acknowledge our utter dependence upon you, and we beg your blessings upon us and our parents and our family and our school day. Amen. Uh, and then they would begin their day. Well, what the, Bible, what the teacher was doing was using the Bible in, an, in a devotional, non-academic way. It's compulsory education. It's a captive audience. All the Supreme Court said was that a teacher cannot use a Bible or other religious materials in a devotional, non-academic way. <clears throat> they can't lead a captive audience in prayer. And we, we would all basically agree with that. We know that Roe versus Wade may possibly be overturned. And what is the other side going to say constantly? Abortion rights have been taken away. And they haven't been taken away. Right. It now goes back to the states to decide. Yes. And this is what happened with the Supreme Court decisions. Um, I've been involved with an organization called Gateways to Better Education, Gateways to Better Education, gtbe.org. They put out a little pamphlet called Free to Speak, and they have listed what the U.S. Department of Education says about religious expression in public schools. Students can pray in public schools. They can read their Bible or other religious materials in public schools there's only one time that they cannot do that. Well, of course, when the teacher's teaching the lesson. <laughs> Mike, a lot of people are unaware with, of that. They don't have the information about it. Um, that's what the law actually says. Students can pray. They can have religious clubs. Did you know, Mike, that the first Thursday in October is often bring your Bible to school day? I have the heard that, yes. The last Wednesday? Mm-hmm. The last Wednesday in September is See You at the Poll, those kind of events. Right. The students have all kinds of rights, um, but nobody knows about it, and teachers have rights too. Mike, um, you talk about the culture. We do feel like we are in post-Christian America culturally and morally, but we are not in post-Christian America legally. These are the rights that students still have. Teachers are allowed to teach these things. Is it okay to teach American culture to American students in American schools, Mike? It is. And this is our history 
that in God we trust is our national motto. That's who we are as a nation. So, Mike, I wanted to come on, spread some information. Gateways to Better Education is the organization that has really done a lot with this. A few years ago, the president of the organization went back to Washington, talked with Trump's uh, Secretary of Education, because there's some laws that basically say we're supposed to update what the U.S. Department of Education says about these things every couple of years. Hadn't been done for 15 years. The president of the organization went back and offered a whole bunch of suggestions. Trump's uh, office took them all. He was even allowed to go back to the Oval Office when Trump signed it in. So, Mike, you have any questions about that? I you know, a lot of people believe that prayer and Bible reading were taken out of the uh, of the public schools. It is simply untrue. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you on that. Uh, I I think we we flipped that flippantly uh, about. And the other the other aspect of that is the continual uh, spinning. Uh, against any mention of uh, or any exercise that students would like to conduct uh, within the school. Now, I, I'm going, I, I don't know what your age is, not going to ask, but I'm going back to my elementary school days. <laughs> I'm uh, almost 70, Mike. All right, so we're we're pretty much contemporaries. I'm a little bit younger than you are. Okay. All right, so I remember back in elementary school, it was no big deal. In fact, uh, we had release time. Uh, where uh, where we could go, I think it was on Fridays, and we we'd have a Bible study. But also, there was no problem. Mike, and... that law is still on the books. Yes, it only happens usually in elementary schools, but that law is still on the books even in California. Ab- absolutely, and I, I think what's uh, interesting is uh, wh- what's his name? The the coach is it uh, uh, Joe Kennedy? Coach Kennedy. Coach Kennedy. Joe Kennedy. That, yeah, that, that's going to be very, very interesting, uh, because as I understand it, he was not trying to uh, bring the students with him. They tended to gravitate to him, and then when he got criticized exactly for right. it, right, uh, he went out by himself. He was, right. do, what, taking 20, 30 seconds and uh, exercising his, uh, his constitutional rights to, to pray. And so it'll be very interesting to see how the Supreme Court uh, responds to that. I I think uh, one of the points, one one of the principles that you bring up, Billy, that I think is very important, and that is, and and you mentioned it about voting and such, we do need to be careful about our research. And you're right about that, absolutely. And uh, uh, again, you're uh, the... Website at Gateways to Better Education. Is that Gateways uh, to Better Education, gtbe.org. If you go to the uh, articles, you know, there's home, there's about, there's donate, but one section is articles, and the very first one talks about free to speak. And there are eight things there that are specifically for students that they can pray and read their Bible and other religious materials, talk about their faith at school. Uh, They can have clubs. They can pass out religious literature like anything else. They can wear religious uh, clothing with religious messages. They can talk about their faith and their homework and assignments. They can, I mean, all the rights are with the students. The schools have been fearful of getting caught up in this separation of church and state type thing. 
as if the school is endorsing it. As long, especially at the high school, as long as it is student-initiated and student-led, then the students have all the rights. Um, Another aspect of it too, Mike, is this isn't just for people who have a faith that mirrors our own. Right. This is for any and all other faiths. The school cannot promote any one faith over another, but they cannot suppress religious expression just because it happens to be religious. That's viewpoint discrimination, and that can't happen. And the Supreme Court and the laws have been very, very clear about that delicate balance that goes in there with it. I would really encourage... I went to the... You had a guy on, and I didn't hear the guy, but he said something about iVoterGuide.com. Mike, I loved that place. I got a lot of information from it, and I went by a lot of what they had to say, and I was very pleased in general with how the election results came out with the people that they recommended uh, to consider. So if people want to go to Gateways to Better Education, GTBE, they put out a pamphlet about free to speak, but they, they have all other kinds of stuff down there. Mike, how can, how can I talk with the producer once we're done on the phone where I can send one to you or bring one to yeah, you I'll or get one in your tell hands? You, tell you what I'll do, uh, Billy. I'm going to put you on hold. And then uh, producer Mike uh, will will talk to you, and he'd be happy to to take your information. Uh, Billy, thanks for the call. Appreciate that. And, Mike, and thank you. Absolutely. Uh, something that also comes, <laughs> Billy, talking about uh, clubs and such. My uh, my dad was a high school's teacher for uh, almost forty years, and he happened to be the advisor for uh, the uh, Christian club. On campus, and it was student-led, student-run. Uh, but you have to have an advisor. He happened to be the advisor, and uh, so I, I, I understand that we can be intimidated into thinking that we don't have the rights that we do. But we do need to be careful, as B- Billy pointed out, that we understand correctly what those rights are. Uh, Amen to that, uh, Billy. Thank you. All right. Uh, I'll be back in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show as we continue on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this uh, warm Thursday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Uh, talking about this uh, survey that I saw, a poll that was recently done by, by Gallup, uh, very interesting. Uh, again, in summary, it says 50% of Americans rate the overall state of moral values in the U.S. as poor. Another 37% say it's only fair. And just 1% think the state of moral values is excellent. And 12% good. Uh, th- how would you rate it? How how would you rate the, uh, let us just say on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being horrible, 10 being optimal, how would you rate the moral temperature of the United States of uh, America today? Now, this poll by Gallup was uh, uh, conducted in, in May, and it's uh, very interesting. I was looking at uh, a couple of the... Uh, couple of the details on it, a couple of the results. And what, what was very interesting to me is those areas that people said they believed 
um, were were the uh, the big burners in terms of moral acceptability. What do you think was the biggest thing that people cited as the top problem with moral values in the U.S. today? What would you say it is? Got a couple minutes here. 209-551-3483. What do you think is the top problem with the condition of moral values in the United States of America today? 209-551-3483. Well, I'll tell you what Gallup found. It's fascinating. The, the leading problem that was cited as, as the biggie in terms of the state of moral values in the nation, according to the poll, was consideration of others. Isn't that amazing? Would you think that in our society, which is becoming so highly, highly narcissistic and uh, self-centered, and it was by a long shot, it was, uh, what, 18, uh, I think 18% uh, of those said that consideration of others was the top issue. The next in line was uh, racism and discrimination. That was 10% lower. And the rest of these are like between 3 and 8%. So number two was racism and discrimination. Three was lack of faith or religion. Four was lack of morals. Five was a, a lack of a sense or a sense of entitlement was a moral um, undoing. Lack of family structure, abortion, TV, media, internet, crime and violence. It was very interesting. That's what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That was about 11th down. I was surprised at that. Personal accountability, another, uh, another issue. And then uh, greed and uh, selfishness uh, as, as well. So um, I, I, uh, I, I was surprised. And maybe you're not. What, what, would, you, what would you think is the, the greatest issue regarding moral conditions in the United States of America today? What do you think it is? I just, I just found this fascinating. Uh, the other thing that was very interesting to me as well, I wouldn't have necessarily thought of this as being a partisan issue, but I'm always willing to admit when I'm not on track, it is somewhat partisan. The question, how would you rate the overall state of moral values in the country today? Is it excellent, good, only fair, or poor? 72% of Republicans were uh, rating it as, uh, as poor. Only 36% of, of Democrats thought it was poor. And 44% of independents. Fascinating. Fascinating to me that the, the well and and may and maybe not maybe I'm maybe I need to wake up and and smell the roses on on that sort of thing. There was another uh, another element to this uh, this survey that I thought was very interesting as well. 
And it was uh, Americans' view of the moral acceptability of 19 issues. In other words, they said, uh, they gave them an issue and said, uh, what, what is, uh, regardless of whether you not or not you think it should be legal, tell us whether you personally believe that in general this subject is morally acceptable or morally wrong. And uh, it's very birth control. 92% said it was morally acceptable. Okay. 81% said divorce is morally acceptable. Uh, 76% said sex between an unmarried man and woman is uh, morally acceptable. Gay or lesbian relations, 71% said that's morally acceptable. Gambling said 71% uh, morally acceptable. Now, here, here's one of the problems with some of this, and that is it's a broad-brush question. Uh, and <laughs> like the divorce question, to me it is not just a moral issue. It's, uh, it, if there's a woman that is getting beat up to an inch of her life in a relationship, I, I can see why she needs to get out of it, or vice versa. Uh so, but but divorce for many of the common reasons, I don't. I it, I think it has to do with God's economy more than a, a moral issue. But um, anyway, I'm just taking it at face value. I'm I'm telling you what the uh, what 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 the poll said. This is medical research using hem, human embryo stem cells. Sixty three percent they said they thought was more that was morally acceptable. <laughs> Buying or wearing clothing made of animal fur. 60% said it was morally acceptable. You think they interviewed anyone that uh, was part of PETA? I don't know. Doctor-assisted suicide. 55%. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Talk about honoring your dads on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Again, Mike Douglas Show continues tomorrow. Have a wonderful evening. Thanks for listening today. We'll see you tomorrow.